You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Gentlemen, start your engine! Triangle Tire, Tires for Life presents Dave's Corner Garage. The following is a paid program. Opinions expressed can sometimes be accompanied by hand gestures, which your sister may find offensive, but you think are hilarious. There's one in every family. Buckle in, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your top-down, wind-in-your-hair, Saturday morning automotive thrill ride. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, but right now, love us on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Al. Good morning, Brian. What's going on today? Well, apparently, you're going to be doing some of what we just heard on today. Yeah, we're going to burn a little rubber at uh, Drive Festival at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park in the uh, Mobile One Dream Car Speed Run. All right. Um, so so do, you, do you have launch mode on that car? Yeah. You do? Yeah, a lot of high... Uh, pretty much all high-performance cars have a, have a, uh, a launch uh, system. So this thing does, of course. And uh, I tested it earlier this week. It works really well. Do they, do they have launch modes on electric cars? Yeah. Oh, they do? Yeah, a lot of them do. Oh, uh, yeah. okay, yeah. okay. Just, yeah. just for people who are listening want to know what we're talking about, launch mode, uh, it's not like all of a sudden you're here, you're hearing 10, 9, 8, <laughs> 7. No, what it is is, you know, all new cars come with traction control uh, yes. as well as ABS and everything else. Yep. And, and the whole idea of launch control is that we want to disable that because we want to apply the, all the power to maybe one set of wheels and we don't want somebody governing us and telling us, no, you can't do that. We want to do that. We want to smoke those tires. We want to get a, uh, take off as quick as we can and put, the, uh, put your seat right back, put your butt right in the seat. Oh, yeah, and, and snap your neck and all that stuff. The, the, the car that I'm, that I'm driving this weekend is the, uh, the, the 2024 BMW M3 CS. Okay. So it's like a regular M3, but it's lighter. It's got more power, you know, more suspension, more tire, all of that stuff. And it's... It's the best of all worlds. It's all-wheel drive. It's got a rear-wheel drive mode. It has launch control that uses all-wheel drive. And when you ha- when you use the launch control system, it optimizes all of those systems, 0 to 60 in basically 3 seconds flat in a four-door sedan. Oh, so here's here's my think but here's my question. If if you disable if you if you turn the launch control on, mm-hmm. so you've got full control, mm-hmm. how is it going to be faster than if you're not using all the other systems. The the systems all work together. They all talk to one another. Right. So if it detects if it detects any kind of wheel spin at all, right. it'll it'll apply a little bit of brake just to slow down that particular wheel. But because the, the power and torque are distributed through all four wheels, it's mm-hmm. generally not necessary okay. in this car. And the, you know, keep in mind it takes it takes an engineering team about two years to develop all of these systems. Right. So they develop it under all kinds of conditions, and it's it works amazingly well in every kind of condition. Yeah, but, and the other part of it too is every driver is going to be different in terms of what they're looking for. This is true. So yeah. th- this this car has so many different parameters you can adjust to your own personal taste. Okay. But the launch control is is basically predefined and. Anybody can do it. All you need to do is you you pull to a stop, mm-hmm. stand on the brake with your left foot, stand on the gas to the floor with your right foot, 
And when you're ready, you release the brake with your left foot, and the car does all the work. Oh, you don't have to press any other buttons? No. No, some cars require, you know, press of a button. But Mm. a high-performance car like this knows exactly what you're going to do, so it does it. All right. Well, speaking of uh, hot, so you're going to be heading out there to the Drive Festival? Going to Drive Festival this afternoon. It's at Canadian Tire Motors Ford Park, and um, it's it's on for the whole weekend. So there's it is. there should be lots of stuff going on. Even if you can't get there today, tomorrow it's on till five o'clock. Yep. And uh, there you go. So we at, at end of our first break already. Already <laughs> coming up. What are we talk about after the break? Uh, VOCs. VOCs and a lot of your favorite car care products are going to be banned very shortly. Oh, I hope my, my deodorant. That too. <laughs> we'll be right back. Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Brian Max in studio with Alan Gelman, and we're having so much fun on this Saturday. Except for volatile organic compounds, um, which apparently, you know, it, it, okay, let's explain this. There's a new rule change happening after January 1, and that is? Volatile organic compound compositions of your favorite car care products, home cleaning products, and uh, personal care products are going to be limited. And what that what that actually means is a lot of your favorite products are in their current formulation won't be around after January first, or they'll be reformulated to probably something that doesn't work as well as it does today. Well, you know, uh, but here here's here's a guy working in a shop and uh, or even a hobbyist working in his backyard. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of stuff that you pick in the chemical aisle at your local automotive store, um, whether it's a lubricant. Uh, you know, like WD-40, for example, yep. or starting fluid because, you know, that old chainsaw mine is a bugger to start. I just, I just give it a squirt and it fires right up. <laughs> That's eh? right. That stuff's magic. Um, and, and and the other thing that we, which came, it really only did come out maybe about 20 years ago, but was such a great product was the brake cleaner. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, many, many years ago, like, so you're saying that these, you won't be able to buy them in the formulations they are now. That's correct. So you'll still be able to by something yes. that, that performs the same function, maybe almost. not as well. Okay, um, but so, so silly question. Yeah. So it means I need twice as much, probably. And and the so, new and so, the, you know so how's, how's that going to make it better? It, none of this, none of this is going to make it better. Okay. I, uh, is the government known for making things better, Al? No, they're right. making policy and <laughs> yeah. So I you know I spent the, I spent this this came to my attention this week. I really didn't understand uh, what was going on. I heard a little bit about uh, this on the, the 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 crazy fringe media, and they mm-hmm. were the, earlier this week they were going on about how WD forty uh, was banned and brake cleaner was banned. So I went down the rabbit hole of the legislation, and I read all of the re- the relevant legislation. And it's not an easy process. Right. So here's here's the thing. There's not much news out there about this. So um, please don't complain on our social media that you can't do any research. The research is you need to read the legislation, mm-hmm. need to read two different pieces of legislation. Uh, specifically, those are the volatile organic compound concentration limits for certain products, regulations. Mm-hmm. And then you also also need to read, and for crying out loud, I don't have it here, but it's the um, uh, the Canadian uh, Environmental Act for 1999, and there's a list of exempted um, chemicals, mm-hmm. and you have to basically cross-reference those two pieces of legislation with the safety data sheet of the product um, that you're interested in, and I went through all the stuff I had in in you know my car care bin and yep. i came up with six different um 
uh, d- uh, different products yep. that will be banned or forced to be reformulated as of January 1st. And that was everything from WD-40, Rain-X, uh, to just simple um, car cleaning products. Rain-X? Rain-X, Rain-X specifically. What's wrong with Rain-X? Uh, it's, it's, got, it's got too much VOC in it. Wow, that's kind yeah. of crazy. So it this is fairly wide-ranging legislation. There's not a lot of media out there. It requires a lot of work to understand it. So there's no news reports in the uh, out there right now, but it it covers everything from uh brake cleaner huh? to car wax. Um of course, um carb carb cleaner. Carb cleaner. Carb yeah. cleaner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Specifically, this is this is a great one. Products designed to remove the following from uh, painted surfaces of motor vehicles: biological residues such as insects or tree sap, or road grime such as tar, road marking paint, or asphalt. So all that car cleaning stuff, all the car care stuff, that is uh, specifically banned. Here's another interesting one: undercoating products. I'm not going to read the whole Ooh. description, but undercoating products, which is relevant in our climate, sure. tire or wheel cleaner. Mm. Believe it or not, um, pressurized tire sealant and inflators. You know those products yeah, with yeah. the goop that yeah, yeah. that will seal the tire for you. Well, those have to conform to VOC limits as of 2024 as well. All right. So here, let me just stop you for a second. So, mm-hmm. th- th- and this only applies in Canada. And this is Canada only. And uh, so is now they're going to be a black market for people buying stuff in Buffalo and throwing their <laughs> trunk and bringing it across the border? Well, yeah, probably to start. But, I mean, you know who people are. They're going to get lazy and then they're just going to forget about the the way they use the old product and just use the new product. But, uh, you know, here we're whining and complaining about it. But in, in certain, certain, you know, situations, the product in the end that got redeveloped actually works just as well. You know, let, let's look back because I had to do some painting the other day. Right. And I thought, okay, well, I'm going to go to the store and get some stain. And I went, I don't know why I even thought of asking, but I said, this is water-based, eh? And they went, no, <laughs> this is oil-based. <laughs> right. And I, I recall, uh, you know, having to buy cans of Arsol, making the, the, God forbid, do it in my wife's laundry tub. She would have killed me, right? Um, and, and it was such a pain in the butt where the water stuff, um, maybe initially the product didn't work as well, but but any new paint you buy now yes. work, works great. Right. And the cleanup is a piece of cake. Right. And even if you're 10 thumbs, you know, and spill it on the carpet, it, it, unless you let it dry, you just get a rag and you clean it up. So right. it, it ended up with better product. I wonder if it's going to make a difference now. Well, we, we can only hope, but, you know, I, I, uh, I've never seen an instance of a government getting involved in something and the situation improving. So we'll we'll see how this goes, Al. Well, exactly. And, and, and you just have to look around at all the dandelions. <laughs> that was the government's doing. You <laughs> That's know. a great analogy. <laughs> really? But mind you, there's jobs for unemployed people if they want to be picking weeds. That's right. Anyway, this is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be back with more merriment and automotive news that you can use right after this break. Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Brian Max in studio with Alan Gelman. And yeah, we're. We're bummed that a lot of our favorite uh, car care products are going to be uh, changed or no longer on the shelf as of January 1st. And I, and I guess at the end of the day, if you just walk in a store and you find out if it's there or it's not, that then you know. Then, then you know. And you know if you're desperate for it, then you take a trip to uh, Niagara Falls or Buffalo and pick up your favorite product. Oh, I remember talking to a gardening guy, speaking of dandelions. <laughs> yes. And it was like, shh. shh. I, and it was like, 
Like making a drug deal in the old days, eh? It was like, I can get you some, but right. we can't say where you got it, you know? It's right. Like, oh, my God. Seriously. Yeah, exactly. Kind of crazy. Exactly. Well, there's, there's you know, a lot of uh, exemptions to this legislation, but not for consumers. Mm. So, you know, you're, you're basically your, your favorite car care products are probably going to change or no longer be available. Well, well we did in our shop, and, and it worked out, again, you know, for the better, is that we, we bought the stuff, not necessarily in aer- aerosol cans, but in jugs of liquid. Yep. And then we just put it in our own spray bottles, and and, yeah. and it worked fine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, products like Brake Clean, like the uh, the Brake Clean that I had uh, that I have at home, uh, uh, that stuff for sure is not going to be compliant with this legislation as of January first. I used to have a can at home all the time because you know it's 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 perchloroethylene. It's like the stuff the dry cleaners use, eh? Yeah, and uh, it worked great on. Getting the pizza off my my uh, off my shirt. You know. <laughs> exactly. What are you using? How come? Never mind. Just don't ask. Do that. Don't as, ask. As long as it works. That's right. That's right. Well, uh, yeah. Just be prepared for your favorite uh, car care products to, to change as of January first. And on, on top of that, there are a bunch of household products that will uh, that will no longer comply. Uh, things like paint stripper, paint thinner, uh-huh. uh, household cleaners. Those will be changing, and a lot of personal care products like hairspray, hair mousse. Because we we have that problem. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, But also shaving cream, shaving gel, those are going to be reformulated as well if they're not compliant. So a lot of stuff is going to change as of January first, and uh, you know the the mainstream media has not done a great job of reporting on this. So don't be surprised. Well, like I say, I'm going to be going to Tops Friendly Markets, <laughs> <laughs> and they're pretty friendly there. Well, you know, I, I got over it at the beginning. You know, when I had to change deodorants from aerosol to a stick, I went, "Oh, I hate this!" But you kind of get used to it. Sure, yeah, sure. Not, not a biggie. Yeah. Um, I hope they, but I like using Pam. That's also going to change. You think I, so? The, eh? I know, I know. So it says so in the legislation. Now, well, uh, you know what? I got to tell you that uh, I, I was been in more than one household where I said to somebody, you know, they complain about their door not working or this and that, and I say, "Do you have any WD forty? Right? Because yeah. that, that was the go to." Yes, and they'd say no, and I'd say, "Do you have any Pam?" <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then that, that was like you know Plan B, and they go, "What are you going to do with the Pam?" I'm going to spray it on the door hinge. You know? Yeah. You can do that? Of course you can. And I try to explain to them that the, the butter flavor one works the best. You know? <laughs> You're pulling my leg now, aren't you? And I said, yeah, 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 I am. I am. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, so lots of things are changing. Just uh, be prepared. That's all I can say. All right, we did a survey a couple of weeks back. We about, did? Yes. Yes. About, you know, uh, if, if you're in the market for a new car or, or SUV or whatever, mm-hmm. would you consider an electric car? Um, and the answer was... Not really. Um, well, it was more than that, Al. Well, it was pretty. It was pretty clear. The vast majority was like, mm, no, no, exactly. I mean, only twenty percent of the people who who replied to that said yes, um, whether they actually did or not, or had the money to do it or not, is another story. Most of the listeners or that 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 came in said that eighty percent of them said that they would be happy um, to look at a, a hybrid. Yes. And, and and as a mechanic and maybe just an old school guy who doesn't like change, um, but I do like reliability, um, I, I would go to hybrid without without hesitation at all. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And a lot of them are, are great. They're, they're, uh, and I drive these things all the time. Yes. Uh, a, lot of the, a, a lot of cars you wouldn't even know are mild hybrids. But um, you know things things like the the technology that Toyota uses. Yes, that is in millions and millions of cars, and it's it's very it's extremely reliable. And on top of that, they have versions of their hybrid systems that are both efficient 
and a little bit more high performance. So you can get a, a hybrid, um, you know, RAV4 or the Prius Prime is coming up. The, the, these RAV4 Prime and the Prius Prime 4 example are tuned for performance mm. as well as efficiency. Well, essentially, uh, exactly. Like you're talking about, um, it, you know, for the general public, it's like we're going to save you gas. Mm. But at the same time, for that split seconds when you feel like a hooligan and you want to step on the gas pedal, that electric motor that's there with the battery is going to give you that extra performance. Yeah, it, it jumps right in. Or jumps right in. It's totally seamless. It, mm-hmm. it basically fills in torque from uh, from a stop, and then you've got maximum torque from uh, from a stop up to whatever speed you want to accelerate. You know, I, I was amazed. I, I did catch uh, your YouTube channel. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Where do, some of those cars are butt ugly. I mean, in terms of color. Yeah. Is that why they put them on? That's what, give them to you guys. Yes. Wait. Wait or, till you nobody's see. Nobody's going to want to buy this green or orange one, anyways. Yeah. That, I can't remember the the, the X5M, uh, the 2024 BMW X5M. Probably my my favorite high performance yes. SUV right now. Uh, incredibly drive. It, it drives incredibly well. It extremely fast. Handles well. Does all the right things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also one hundred and seventy thousand dollars, but it's a it's a lovely thing, and it comes in that green. I can't remember the name of the green off the top of my head, but it is a bright green. It's, there's nothing subtle about it, and it is the signature color for that, that truck right now. Um, I, I got to tell you, the seats were pretty ugly, too. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it as, sure much, as much as, you know, Brian's all about, it's got to be the right height, and it has the right bolsters, and it has to be the right hip level. He loved the seat. Yeah. But from a, a color perspective? No. Ew, but ugly. No, the whole, the whole thing did not work for me, but thankfully you can get that all in black. <laughs> This is Dave's Corner Garage. Right after the break, we're going to be talking to Rob McLeese. Is that right? We are from Cobble Beach Concord Elegance. Oh, the Elegance. They won't have any but green cars there for sure. They're going to have only pretty cars. All right. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Brian Max in studio with Alan Gelman. And joining us on the line is Rob McLeese from Cobble Beach Concord d'Elegance. And he's on a bit of a rally today. How's that rally going, Rob? Well, we're doing pretty well, surprisingly. And my navigator is my wife, so we're doing really well. <laughs> Al's got all the wife jokes, so we're going we're gonna to leave those alone for now. Oh, yeah. I, I, you. you know, that's what she always says. You know, how come you're not watching the road? I'm going, that's your job. Exactly. <laughs> Been there, done no, that. No, we're having fun. We're in the in, we're in the uh, Chester County in Pennsylvania, and it's just beautiful. Rolling hills, beautiful horse country with farms, very nice farms, well manicured lawns, and we just saw a fox, which was kind of cool. All right, um, but it's this isn't a seventy five year old vehicle that you're driving. No, we're in a rental car because this time we flew <laughs> down. Normally we drive. <laughs> All right, so coming up next weekend, 75 years of Porsche, 60 years of the 911. So how many Porsches do you figure you're going to have there? Uh, we'll have probably about 25. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we're going we're gonna to have 25 Porsches. We'll have about 30 Buicks, and we'll have about seven Lamborghinis. We're celebrating 60 years of Lamborghini as well. And Cadillac, we have something really special coming. We have one car that's never been seen in Canada before. Right. It'll be revealed at the Concours. So we've got a bunch of neat things, something for everybody. The concept car class is really unique. We have George Barris's personal car. He's the guy who designed Kit 
and the Batmobile, mm-hmm. and just a ton of cars back from the 60s and the 70s that are all well-known. Um, at least they're well-known by the oldsters, by us. <laughs> yeah. uh, a lot of fun, and a, a, lot, a lot of, of uh, a lot of celebrities from the automotive world as well. We do, we do. We have the uh, head designer for Stellantis and his wife. Uh, we have the head designer for Buick uh, Worldwide, as well as GM America North America, uh, who's a collector in his own right. Very interesting guy from Detroit. And then we have the presidents of Porsche Canada and GM Canada coming, which will be great fun. Super. Now, it's over three days. I mean, there's a Friday, a Saturday, and a Sunday. Uh, the Sunday, of course, is everything's on the golf course, and it's all the pristine stuff. Uh, but Saturdays, the regular Joes can go down Main Street and watch some cars, too, eh? Oh, Saturday's so much fun. In the morning, we have cars and coffee on the Main Street, 2nd Avenue East in Owen Sound. It's free, mm-hmm. uh, free of charge. And in the afternoon, we have Concord Le Mans. We've got some really fun cars coming in the Lemons. Uh, category, which are, you know what, everybody loves their vehicle. It doesn't matter what it is. And so we try and cater to everybody and have some fun and, and poke some fun at ourselves too. And that's what this is all about. We have two seminars at the Roxy Theater, again, free of charge, mm-hmm. but you need to register in advance because the theater can only hold about 300 people. Uh, we have about 100 spaces left for both the Porsche 911 seminar at 2, two o'clock. And then at 3.15, we have the Evolution of Buick Design. So it's it's a it's a fun day, lots of fun. The whole weekend's fun. The participant tour is on Friday, uh, where we go through the area. We're going over to Meaford to the Scarecrow Invasion this year. We'll go through downtown Owen Sound, and then on Sunday, of course, is the big the big event. And now, don't get fooled if the weather if it's raining in Toronto, it's usually not raining at Owen Sound, and we can see the line of rain south of us. And people in Toronto get scared away, and we go. Why are they not coming? Yeah, so don't get fooled by the weather. If you got one of them new kind of cellular telephones, eh? Usually on the front page it shows the weather. <laughs> and and it, there's a button that says location, okay? And it's really easy for everybody, even if you got a wire on your phone. Um, you hit location and you just put in where you plan on going, which could be Meaford or, you know. Owen Sound. Owen Sound. Or, or, and and it'll Kendall. show you. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I have to say, so Rob... This- I've been doing some uh, driving up that way, and the roads are beautiful. So it's a, not, you know, not only do you get to see amazing cars if you go to uh, Cobble Beach next weekend, but the, the drive there and back is beautiful. Well, that's exactly right. You're right, Brian. And the other thing is don't kid yourself. Uh, you're not fighting the 400 traffic. So when you come up to Cobble Beach, if you're coming from downtown Toronto, you come up 410 and 10. Do not get fooled and come through Barry. Uh, the event is Porsches are presenting sponsor, and they've been phenomenally good with us. Uh, we have one fellow coming from Newfoundland. He drives his car and trailer almost 3,000 kilometers each way. Now, he came, he had the most outstanding post-war car last year, so you can look at the website and figure that out. It was a 58 Eldorado with the stainless steel top, spectacular car. But to drive almost 6,000 kilometers to come to this event, to me, is very special, and, and we really feel honored that he'll take the time to do that. He also shows at Amelia Island, and I believe he's shown at Pebble Beach as well. Well, and that's you know that speaks to the caliber of of your event at Cobble Beach. It, it's unlike anything else in Canada, and it is a world class um, event for for specialist cars for for all those beautiful cars that we appreciate. 
and the fun thing is, as you say, is that people will see things that they either have never seen in person before or they've never just seen them at all. And when people come, some of the spouses come and they go, I don't really want to go. But they come and then they come back the next year because they find they have enough fun and they see enough stuff. It stimulates all kinds of memories of, hey, that was my grandfather's car. That's the car my grand, my great-grandfather used to have. And that's the one my dad took me in when I got sick the first time on my first auto trip. I remember my dad's uh, 58 uh Crown and uh, Cross Country, whatever, a Ford wagon. And, and, I, and we used to sit in the back and, and drop pieces of paper out the holes in the bottom of the fenders. And we thought this was so much fun, you know, to a, like a five-year-old kid. This was like, look, okay, do it again. <laughs> you know, what are you kids doing back there? We ran out of stuff to throw out. <laughs> All right, let me ask you a question. Um, I went to the website and I watched the video and, and looked at the amazing cars. Could you tell everybody, what's a foo-foo car? A foo-foo car? Yes. It depends. It depends on the context. A foo-foo car could be something that is really super special, mm-hmm. uh, that is owned by a specialty collector. Yes. Or it, it could be a lemon, oh. depending on what the context is. Okay, depending on a perspective. Okay. I, yeah, yeah, I got the impression it was because you had mentioned in there that, you know, for some of these very wealthy people. This was just a very fancy car, and and I've got five, by the way, and you should see the boats, but that's a different kind <laughs> <Right>. of show. <laughs> but for other people, the car that they're bringing is an investment. It's almost like, you know, instead of buying a house, I have this fancy car, and I'm hoping that down the road it'll appreciate and I can sell it. Um, so that was the context I was looking at. Okay, and the, the fun part about that is for some people, as you know, they're collectors that have many, many cars in their collection. Mm-hmm. And then, as you just pointed out, for some people, that's their primary asset. That's their baby, and they look after it like it's their baby. And they are so careful, and the cars come, and they're pristine, and they don't care whether they win or lose their class. They're all, they've already made it by being invited to be part of this. So they go, this is pretty cool. I love these cars. I love the people, and they have a lot of fun. One of the other things that we do that's kind of fun is this year we're doing fashion awards Mm -hmm. for both the spectators and for the participants. So people will dress up in period costume. A lot of the attendees, a lot of the ladies will wear fancy hats and they'll wear fascinators. And we're doing this because it's kind of fun. And with some of these cars, that was what they would do in that era. So it really is kind of nice. And, And please don't be afraid to bring out your finery, if you will, and just have some fun. You can pretend you're like at Churchill Downs or something, eh? Well, it's, it's, well, that's, it's, it's the it's same that, kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you see the event. yeah, you see the people, ladies in the gowns and the big fancy hats. Which I had to look yeah. up what a fascinator was. You know? <laughs> I said, "Is that just somebody who's fascinated with that weird friggin' hat you're wearing?" Or uh, no, it's actually the name of the design. I think, right? I think that's right. And the funny part is, until we were doing Concours, I had no clue what that was. <laughs> my, assistant, my assistant, who's new said, what the heck is a fascinator? So she looked it up online, uh-huh. found it, and found that she can get all these things. She said, I got two of them because they're really neat. <laughs> so, you know what? It's just kind of if you want to have some fun and do something a little different, it's uh, it's all about having fun and laughs, and don't take yourself too seriously. Now, it is a charity event. You guys are raising money. You've done that over the years. Where's the money going to this year? 
Yeah, this year it's going Owen Sound Regional Hospital Foundation, our local hospital, as well as to Sunnybrook Hospital Foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been lucky so far. We've raised eight six eight hundred and sixty four thousand in the first eight years. About seven fifty of that has gone to Sunnybrook, and the balance, a little over a hundred thousand, has gone to the Owen Sound Regional Hospital. We try and keep the percentages about seventy thirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, we only brought on Owen Sound in about year three because we we worked with some other charities and found the regional hospital is very good to us. Uh, Sunnybrook's very important to us and to probably most of the listeners because that's our large trauma hospital in the middle of Toronto. And we've, we find that it's been very, people have been very generous to us because this, any net proceeds from this event go directly to the hospitals. Plus, we also have different ways of raising money for them at the event through raffle tickets and through live auctions and any of the parking fees that we have. If you see specialty parking, all of those fees go to the charities directly. All right. Now, to, to go to the main event on the Sunday, you have to buy tickets in advance? We prefer you buy tickets in advance. You can get them at the gate, but it's better to get them online. Then you can pass the line. All right. Super. And uh, what's the website again? It's Cobble Beach Concours, C-O-N-C-O-U-R-S dot com. Rob, thank you very much. I'm sorry I didn't get the wife's name, the navigator. You know, she's really Rosemary. one. Rosemary? Don't, yes. don't, don't try to tell somebody that she's not the one in charge, because we know that, right? <laughs> we do know that. All right, Rosemary, I hope you have a nice fascinator and a fascinating time next weekend. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Guys, thanks so much. <laughs> You're very welcome. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We're going to be back with Todd Bergeron afterwards. He's going to be talking about the uh, was the TADA, which is now MVRO. He'll explain that in just a moment. Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Brian Max in the studio with Alan Gelman. Joining us on the line is Todd Borgon, Executive Director from the Motor Vehicle Retailers of Ontario. Todd, how are you? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you. Most of our listeners know your organization by another name. This is something new for 2023. You used to be called the Trillium Auto Dealers Association, and now it's the Motor Vehicle Retailers of Ontario. Correct. And obviously, yeah. there's there's a there was a, a need for that that change. I mean, uh, Trillium Auto Dealers doesn't really sound like much if you don't know what it is. Yeah, I mean, the acronym certainly has a lot of history to it, and we have a lot of respect for the the acronym of TADA. But this name was just a bit more self explanatory to those that uh, we would be introduced to on the government side and on the lobbying efforts that we have. Those of us on the on the consumer side of the business will uh, will become accustomed to seeing MVRO as as your brand. Absolutely, and uh, you know it's 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 been very well received, and uh, you know people like yourself when when you read it for the first time, you go, I, okay, I know what you guys do, I know who you are, and that's that was really the main goal, just to keep it simple. The the industry itself is facing some challenges, especially especially on the technician side. Yeah, and I, it has been for quite some time. Um, it's it's not something that I would say is is new. I think that um, the report that you know you guys uh, have seen and that we we published out about a, a week and a half ago that MNP did the National Association CADA helped us with this as well. Is that we really just wanted to understand? Okay, we we all know that it's hard to find people, but to what extent is the issue, and how long is it going to go on for? So we thought it was time just to better understand 
what that looks like. And, um, and the numbers, I think the reason why you and I are talking is that the numbers are pretty compelling to say the least. And so I see it kind of as two, two things. One, it, it's a challenge and a problem for us right now, but it's also a massive opportunity for young people that are looking, you know, to what they should do for their career. I don't know too many other industries that can say that we've got 3000 job openings today with very good paychecks attached to them come work for us. Right. Um, and so, uh, you know, there were some pros and cons that come out of this thing for sure. But, um, you know, in the bigger picture of things, there's education opportunity here, there's job opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as I understand it, there, there are several factors and, and a couple of key factors that are impacting basically what is a, a shortage is you've got uh, an aging workforce that are, are retiring and moving out. And then there's, there's, uh, essentially a shortage of, new people, new young people coming into the trade. Yeah. The report really broke it down into some really easy to understand factors. And you nailed it is that you've got an aging population that are retiring faster than people are coming into the school system. You've also got a school system that, you know, through COVID lost a couple of years in terms of practical training, uh, which again, adds another factor to this. So really, if you just want to break it down into simple numbers, we have 3000 job openings, right now in Ontario for automotive service technicians, 20% of that are for body shop technicians, just to be clear, 80% of that number is for service technicians. You know, us getting people into the school system today, uh, it's accelerating all these things. How do we accelerate education? How do we accelerate getting people in on the ship like now to work in these jobs? Because um, we know we have an issue, we'll always continue to support school, but that's, that's a three to four year process, right? Right. It, it, it's not done overnight. There's, there's a, a, a lot to learn, but you know, once yeah. someone is, is in the trade, it's actually, it's a lucrative profession. It is very lucrative. And I think that there are still some people that think that it's a dirty job to work as a technician and slow paying job. Um, and I can tell you from my high school days, that was the conversation and that's going back a lot of years ago, but that's definitely changed. I mean, they are definitely good paying jobs and um, they're not all dirty jobs anymore. Like the cars that we're driving today, um, they're basically computers on wheels. Um, and the telematics that are in these cars um, are all very sophisticated. And by the way, that's not going to go in the reverse way. It's only going to go forward with electrification and technology. And we've seen, look at the technology changes we've seen in the last five years let alone last 10. So what the next 10 years will bring will be just amazing. So young people that are into these types of things and, and like technology and those in that area of interest, this is a perfect career for them. I don't know too many other places that can say that we, we can almost guarantee you a job for the next X amount of years based upon supply and demand of, of, of labor. And this report gave us a 10-year window. And we don't balance out in terms of supply and demand of, of us in Canada, training and bringing people into the trade versus the demand that people will have at the dealership level for skilled technicians until 2031. And and speaking of speaking about that data uh, that that's showing there is demand. I mean, the the number of cars on the road is increasing, Correct. and and with it with a shortage of labor, it it's it's very clear that there there needs to be more technicians. And you know, if if someone is looking at the trade, it, it, to me, it's a it's a no brainer. I agree with you. And I mean, it's the, you, the part of the news today is about building more housing because we have, you know, uh, an increase in population from an immigration perspective, which is a great thing. But when we have higher immigration levels that the feds have established, 
um, you're going to have more cars on the road because people need to have transportation to survive. And so, yeah, the the data shows that we're going to have continued growth and more vehicles on the road. And as it's showing today, we have less people coming into our industry. So first thing I'll tell you is that as an association, we definitely want Canadians to find jobs in our industry and go to school and be trained for that. That's number one. But that takes time. And the data has shown us that it won't catch up in, in, a, in a time in a time manner. So in the short term, you have to fill that gap. 3,000 jobs is significant. 2,000 jobs is significant. 1,000 in, in the third year is very significant. So we've been going overseas and helping bring skilled technicians into uh, the province to help fulfill those needs. If someone is looking at the trade um, and 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 looking at a program, where is there a place where they can start and and investigate that process? Yeah, I mean, right now the Ontario government um, has put a much concentrated effort on skilled trades. Um, they're increasing the um, types of um, rolling shows that I call them that they do now and the trade shows that they're involved in to publicize, not just in our industry, there's lots of skilled trades out there, um, but they can definitely go to the Ontario uh, government website and they'll find information on that. And the other thing too, is that almost every community college in Ontario has a, a skilled trades program. Um, we're involved with many of them. Not all of them have automotive, but the vast majority do. Certainly we'd love to see people going automotive, but there are other options, but I would just encourage anybody to go and investigate and talk to the local college about this because this is definitely something that you don't have to worry when you graduate if there's going to be an opportunity for you to work. Absolutely. Well, uh, Todd, thank you very much for joining us. If somebody wants to find out more information about your organization, now called MVRO, uh, where should they go? Uh, That's an easy one. They can go to mvro.ca and they can find uh, any information about us and they can learn a bit more about some of the programs that we have on the go and, uh, that would be the most efficient way for them to uh, to source us. No, fantastic. Well, Todd, thank you very much for joining us. You're listening to Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Brian Max in studio with Alan Gelman. And uh, yeah, it's tough to tough to find technicians these days, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Terrible, terrible. Um you know, so many people would come up to me and they, they would say, you know, where do I find a mechanic? I've been looking for one forever. Right. Uh, you know, people say, I, I know a lot of people have said, I've called a dealer to make an appointment to get my car in, and they're going, it'll be weeks from now to even get it in. And that certainly wasn't like that in the old days. No, no, it wasn't that long ago. And, and now it's, it's, uh, it's gone the other way. And, you know, um, for, for, for young people, I mean, we've had uh new, new in on the, on the show from, mm. from Faf tuning right. and, you know, she's, she's a, a technician for, for them. And it's uh, it can be a, a very interesting, very lucrative career. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And then what they're having to do now and, uh, want to thank the people from, um, from arrow, which was arrow was MVRO now, uh, M- motor vehicle, M- uh, Motor retailer, vehicle retailers, retailers of Ontario, of Ontario, yes. and, and 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 they, you know, they represent or their memberships are all people at car dealerships, and they know what the situation is, yeah. and and they've mandated now that they're actually going abroad to try to find yeah. people who who are interested in in who. Well, I mean, they want people who number one have been in the trade for a long time, not just you know apprentices, but people who've got experience, and they're trying to fast track them to Canada. To fill the spots that are needed. Yep, and uh, you know, uh, this year it's uh, they're they're short three thousand technicians. It's a crazy number. It's it's it's, it's just ridiculous. So if uh, if there are any young folks out there who are looking for a for a uh, career path, um, definitely consider that. And it's right. uh, it's and I mean at this point it's going to be very lucrative. Oh, absolutely. I mean, in the past, of course, most blue collar trades. I mean, we're at the bottom of the totem pole in terms of you know uh, 
their salary, their compensation, but it, but it's changed tremendously now where uh, you can get some, you can make some decent money doing that. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, and, and besides the fact that, you know, in the old days, they always preached that getting your university degree was your path to success. But it, it, I, I, I know one guy's kid's path is still hanging out in the basement playing video games. He goes, <laughs> I, he, he's yeah. already, he's got his degree, but they didn't teach him that you got a next step is to actually go get a job. Well, there's that. Yeah. And you know, if, if you're coming out of school and, and you're ready to, 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 uh, apprentice, mm-hmm. there are jobs for you. Yeah. Right. Oh, hundred so percent. You be a technician? Absolutely. There are jobs waiting for you right now. Right, and you know, and, and and you're not signing up for life. I mean, you sign up and you you go ahead and you do it, and you, yeah. you find out after a few months either you like it or you don't. Yeah. Um, you know, nothing stopping you from looking for something else. Absolutely, and uh, you know, one one of the paths that you can't consider is working for a crazy guy like me on his race cars. Ah, 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 ah. Which, which is actually pretty. You know, it's it's uh, it's different than working on road cars because it's pretty clean until one of the drivers breaks the car. Um, it, it's a it's a different kind of thing. Well, but what about technology, though? I mean, you know, in the old days, it would be like get the hammer out and bang it straight out again. And there, uh, there's a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of that, but uh, you know, a lot of it when the car is wrecked, there's a lot of replacing components. Right. And you know, because the you know the race cars, they're they're very clean. It's not a it's not a dirty business. And um, you know, when you know the our our first service on our race cars will be the gearboxes, probably, mm-hmm. and you just pull them out. And you ship them away. They get serviced. They come back in, and and you put it back in the car. Oh, so not just a matter of draining the fluid and putting new stuff in. No, no, not at all. <laughs> the, the, we, we do, and we we do service the cars like that. But the big service, well, the first one will be the gearboxes. Oh, quickie too. Is that car got three pedals or two pedals? Three. Ah, but. Uh, so our Mercedes AMG GT4s have a Hewland pneumatically shifted transaxle gearbox in the back, mm-hmm. but because it's a racing gearbox, it actually has a clutch pedal, so that you can start it from a stop. Okay, so you're pulling out the rear end, not necessarily the box on the tranny. Uh, it's the transact. It's a transaxle design, oh, okay. so the transmission's actually in the back. But uh, it is. Uh, it, it is. It's paddle shift on the steering wheel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a pneumatic unit that shifts the gears. Have they been holding up? Because I know you know NASCAR changed over to the new car about last year. And initially, I mean, on the first track, the first race they had, they had a whole bunch of transaxles break down. Yeah. No, we, we got the last uh, two Mercedes-AMG GT4s for North America. Mm-hmm. Uh, they aren't making any more, so they're all proven at this point. They're very, one of the reasons we bought the cars is because they're very durable, and the transmissions are used in the higher-performance GT3 car, uh-huh. exactly the same gearbox. So we make less power and less torque, so our gearboxes last a really long time. Excellent, 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 and then then and the technology, of course, you know, uh, is just so far advanced. I mean, you're talking not just engine control, are you? No, there's, there's so many electronic. We have a data engineer for our car that that looks over all the electronic systems in the car, and there are several systems. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, so you've got, you know, of course, the actual engine components. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, you know, adjusting injectors and, you know, putting on, turning on. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the, fuel the pumps, boost and, yeah, exactly, all exactly. of that stuff. Yeah, but but then you've got a so I guess so the suspension component is is totally different. Then yes, we have no electronics in the suspension except for a potentiometer that mentions the uh, measures the deflection in the suspension. Right, but we have we have data collection systems, data acquisition systems all throughout the car. So. And you're acquiring that information to go where? Uh, that goes to our chief engineer, who uh-huh. uh, who then sets up the car with feedback from the drivers. Or, or 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 just disregards it. He just takes the feedback from the car. <laughs> it, could go, it could go either way. It de- yeah. Depends on how how good of a weekend the drivers and the engineer are having. Oh, actually, last week I, I watched a NASCAR race and, and and someone came in thinking that he had a loose wheel uh-huh. uh, because he had a vibration after a pit stop, 
And now everybody's looking at the wheels and going, so of course, they don't want to say whether they did or didn't because it's sort of their, you know, and, and it was only one lap, so they couldn't find any damage. So ah, uh, That's tough. Yeah, true story. Who knows which way it's going to go. There's so many, so many things in a car uh, that can cause a vibration, especially a race car. I mean, well, but miraculously, after they put the four new ones on, uh-huh. after one lap only, right. the vibration was gone. There you go. So, uh, and, and you think, you know, Buddy with the gun is going to say, yeah, it wasn't tight? <laughs> <laughs> no, of course not. Sorry, you lost your job. Yeah, those those NASCAR <laughs> tire changers, they are pros. They train every single day. Absolutely. And yeah. most of them, you know, are, are pro athletes to begin with. That's, yes. that's who they, they go looking for. Yeah, exactly. And it, we're, in fact, we're bringing an athlete on board to, uh, to our team. Are you? Yes. Who's who's going next? Footballer or uh, basketball player? Okay. Yes. 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 Uh, That's a story we're going to tell in the next little while. But yeah, we're bringing an athlete on board, and and uh, you know that that's what we want to do. We're 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 trying to level up what uh, what happens at our level of uh, professional sports car racing. Well, you know, I I don't know about yours, but but uh, you know, you're talking about a 10 second pit stop in, in in NASCAR. Yeah, yeah, we're we're a little longer because we have rules around that, so we have to stop for 42 seconds for a uh, fuel. So I think it's 42, it might be 45. But um, the driver change happens in about 22 seconds, so it's not a big deal. And the fuel takes whatever it is, 42, 45 seconds. The tire change is much less than that as well. But we I, still want it done as quickly as possible. I've often wondered, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't know if it was it was uh, NASCAR. No, it wasn't NASCAR. It was Formula One first that came up with the airline and the jacks that were in the chassis yeah. already? Yeah, we have those. Oh, you do? Yeah. So yep. nobody has to run out with a jack. No, no, no. So that typically the guy, the guy in charge of the mechanics of the car, runs over with a nitrogen line, pops the car up in the air. Perfect. Yes. All right. We want to thank our guests, of course. And you're heading out to the Drive Festival. Drive Festival for the Mobile One Dream Car Speed Run in the bright green uh, BMW M3 CS. Now that's a ride along, eh? Uh, I don't know about that, but uh, if somebody wants to come for a ride, you know how to find me. Do you supply the bags? I have helmets. No, the bags for... uh... No, 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 none of those bags, sorry. (laughs) All right, want to thank Ashy and Duncan for doing a great job today. Ashy is our new uh, pit boss here, and she's going to be taking the show down the road from here on in. That's And, of course, we've got to thank Rob McLeese from the Cobble Beach Concord d'Elegance next weekend up in Owen Sound. Exactly. Uh, If you've got a fancy car, you could still get in. We got to run. We'll see you next week, everyone. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.